You're listening to the Sprues and Brews podcast, your weekly podcast looking at all things Warhammer. Hello and welcome to episode 167 of the Sprues and Brews podcast. My name is Dave and I'm joined once again by Matt. Hello. Jay. Hello. And Andy. Hi, I've just watched Spider-Man No Way Home. It's amazing. I hate you so much. I hate you so much. If you reveal any spoilers, you're off this podcast. It, it's a, it's a, you know, you don't get chances. It's just one and you're out. But we're not going to be talking about Spider-Man on this week's episode. Oh, no. We're going to be talking about the maggot kid of Nurgle, aren't we, Andy? Oh, yes. Yes. Something else I, I have fallen in love with as well. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's going to be our main segment this week as we delve into the latest battle tome. Only the third battle tome for the new edition of Age of Sigmar. That's crazy, isn't it? Um, so yeah, we'll be we'll be discussing that later on. Last week we had our year in review, which leads us nicely into this week's top three, which is our top three models that have been released this year. Top so, three releases of 2021. To, okay, releases. Sorry. So we can include books and boxes and stuff, I guess. Absolutely can. Brill. So we'll be reading those out a little bit later on, as well as all of the community top picks. I think it's a bit of a quieter week on the news front, Matt. It's, it's some news. There's some news. Yeah, there is some news. There's some news, but um, news a little bit quieter. Yeah, like news-wise, because we also had the um, Black Library celebration at the weekend. We did, yeah. Of course we did, yes. So uh, we've got all that to get through as well. But before we kick into all of that content, as we always do on this show... We talk about what we've been doing in the hobby for the past seven days since last podcast. I was just over seven days. We're a little bit late this week, um, so we've got a couple of bonus days uh, to, to throw into the hobby <laughs> update. <laughs> Jay, do you want to start? Well, I can start. It, it, it has not been much room for hobbying um, this last week or so due to due to work, but um, I did manage to get a game in at club night against you, Dave. Um, oh, so. Yes. so I've enjoyed I enjoyed the Black Library weekend. That was brilliant to watch that, and um, and the game we had the other night was fantastic as well. Really, really cool. Um, cool to roll some dice again. So, but but on on the painting front and and um, building front, I, I haven't done anything. I'm afraid. Well, you say that, Jay. You painted up the new model out of the Shadow Throne box. I did. I did. Not. Yes, you're right. I have painted that one, and I can talk about that now. So, um, yeah, he's the the Blade Champion. I used him in the game uh, against Dave. Uh, and he okay, he died, but I think he did pretty well. He was holding up two characters for a while. Um, he, he got to charge some poxwalkers and absolutely made mince meat of them, as you would expect from a blade champion. You know, poxwalkers are they're nothing to him. But my old demon prince, it took him a couple of turns, but my demon prince slayed the he, uh, champion. He weathered the, the attacks from your demon prince and then managed to to, to almost decapitate your chaos lord that was also in combat with him. But then obviously he was then fighting to characters which made short work of him in the following turn but he was a cool model so um people have probably seen now that there's quite a, a bit of variety to that model so you can build him with the single blade you can build him with dual blades there's a choice of free heads really really nice kit so so nice to see like a a different sculpt for custodian hq options now so i've called him henry cavalorus he's going to the <laughs> crusade army <laughs> excellent yeah the game we had jay was uh was really good i've not played that scenario before either i don't think ascension i think we played yeah um so it was really good i mean you absolutely ran away with it points wise um because you took the first turn you grabbed the objectives and with you being custodians you're 
impossible to shift. Um, but I did manage to kill quite a bit of stuff, um, which was yeah, which yeah. was really good, especially my Terminators. Black Lord Terminators are so good, yeah, especially yeah. with the Lord of Contagion, Arch Contaminator. Yeah, it, well, they were having a whale of a time until they hit your um, Terminators, and then they flapped a bit. But they'd done the work by then. Uh, well, well, actually, we'll go into my hobby updates for the week. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I've only had the one game against Jay, a bit of 40k, um, but I can finally report that I've done some proper painting. Um, proper I've nearly painting. proper painting. I've nearly finished my Goliaths for Necromunda, and um, that deadline is is very near. Um, Wednesday, I need to have them done by. So, um, I'm fairly happy with how they are looking. I'm hoping that once I put a wash on them. They'll really come to life, um, like my Death Guard. Um, that tends to be when they really, yeah, they, they look, they look, they look good. I don't think they're the best thing I've ever painted, but um, they'll be, they'll be good for Wednesday. Um, but what I have really enjoyed painting is my Canoness and Imaginifier for the Adeptus Sororitas. Um, you were just talking about the Blade Champion Jay and about the different builds of him and the different heads and stuff. The Canoness, when you're building her, she comes with all the different, well, almost all of the different weapon options that you can give her. And that's really cool. For a long time, Warhammer seemed to be going away from building your own kind of having all these different options. And instead of going, here's your guy, he comes equipped with this and that's it. Like a lot of this bit like Primaris captains and stuff. Um, So it's really good to like actually be thinking like, what, what do I want to equip her with and stuff? Um, so yeah, I'm very very happy with how um, the, the, how these two are, are, are coming out. The Imaginifier is my lucky dip painting competition, so she needs to be done by the 31st, but should be done way before then. Um, and so will my Canon uh, S. Then I've got a, a unit of um, sisters from the Kill Team box to crack on with next. So uh, really happy with the scheme. Really happy with those models. Um, and I, th- I think that's it for hobby for me. Um, Andy, what have you been up to? Um, so I, we were lucky enough to get the uh, Rockbringer Sorcerer sent to us. So <laughs> um, I spent last week uh, when I wasn't writing uh, the review for the Maggotkin, which you can check out on spoonsandbrews.com. Um, I was painting up the Rockbringer Sorcerer. Um, I did not go for the fly head. Um, I've gone for the normal <laughs> hooded head. Um, but I tried something a bit different um, with the skin tone. So I went for almost kind of like um, uh, a bluey green tinge to it. So I, I started off with like um, a grey base and then gave it a wash of like colia green shade, I think it was. Hmm. Um, and then just dry brushed it up with um, a little bit of uh, grey to sort of like bring it out and stuff. Um, so I've got one of those painted. I've always I've already got one of the fine cast ones painted. So now I've got two. Which, when I talk about the review a little bit later, I'm probably going to end up buying a third one just for oh. completion. Um, so apart from the Rockbringer Sorcerer, um, I've, I've been doing a little bit more work on my Osseot Bone Reapers. Um, so I've built the Endless Spells. Um, I've built some Necropolis Stalkers. And on my painting desk right now is Volk Mortian. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm painting them in two parts. I've got the gravestone coffin bit um, separate, so I'm painting that up. Um, and then I'm painting, obviously, Vault Morty and separately. I'm just going to glue them together at the end. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I, I worked out the other day, I've got about 1,700 points painted for my Bone Reapers. 
and one of my hobby resolutions is to get 2,000 points done. So we've got what just over a week, two weeks, let's say, until mm. uh, New Year's. So I've got about two weeks to paint about 300 points, and Volk Morton is about 150. Oh right. So, so I should hopefully be able to do that and smash it, and then yeah, after that I have no idea what I want to paint. So, but that's me. Excellent. That just leaves your good self, Matt. What what have you been up to? So it's uh, it's been an eventful week. So like Jay said, we got um, Shadow Throne. I've been painting up the Gene Stealer Cult half, and I am back fully on board with the Gene Stealer Cult vibe. I really enjoy painting. I did a, a Gene Stealer Cult army back when the original book came out, and I don't think they've always been the greatest in the newest edition of the game, and I've just not uh, painted anymore for a while. And painted up the Saboteur, and that is an absolutely gorgeous model. Um, yeah, so she's very I've, cool. Yeah, so I've kind of I had uh, one of the most of the old Gene Stealer uh, battle box, which was really uh, battle force, which is really really cool box, plus the uh, start collecting box. So combined with the stuff that I've got, I've probably got about two thousand points worth of Gene Stealer courts I can paint up. So that is my little kind of like Christmas into New Year project working on the Gene Stealer courts because um, I'd quite like to have like one of each unit painted up. Yeah. Just because just the fun painting, and then obviously when the new book drops, I can see what's good, and then pick up any you know units I need to duplicate just because they work well in the army. Let's face it, I think you're going to get a lot of bodies in the jeans of the court army, so uh, yeah, yeah, there'll be there'll be some fun stuff to paint there. I I do have some of the Space Hulk gene stealers kicking around somewhere. Uh, I might have to dig them out because the current plastic gene stealers are not the greatest, and the Spaceful ones are really dynamic and cool. So, yeah, I'll be working on them. I've also been working on some uh, Necromunda. Like I said, we are playing on Wednesday in Warhammer Worlds, Necromunda. And I had a day free, so I painted Lady Credo. She was fun to do. Yeah, you've done a really good job on it in such a short space of time as well. Yeah, it's just one model, just one model. So she was, it was quite simple to do, really. Spray her up, blocking the base colours. Um, I've kind of got my... All of my various Forge World models for Necromunda I've done in the same scheme, so I can use them together as an army. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously in Book of the Outcast, you can do that. So, uh, yeah, so she's now leading my force, and I've been working on some outcasts in the background because they're cool. And then finally, on my desk, there is a sprayed Harlequin Death Jester. It has been a <laughs> long time since I've painted an Eldar. Back in second edition, I... One of my first 40k armies was a Beal Tan Force. Lots of green. Ah. So, yeah, so the deadline for painting this guy is end of the month. So, I think at the weekend I'm going to do some work on him. I want to go to town with all the Harlequin y stuff like checkers and all that kind of jazz and diamonds. So, nice. Yeah, I'll play with him. I don't think I'd do a full army, but a uh, bit of a palette cleanser, and I've not painted a Harlequin ever. So, yeah, quite looking forward to doing him. Excellent. Yeah, you've been, you've been very, very busy. Um, I, I think you two, uh, Andy and Jay, you're entering that lucky painting competition as well, aren't you? Yeah. yeah got, um... Go on, Andy, mate. Um, I got the Lord Exorcist, I think it was, for Stormcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is a model that I probably wouldn't normally pick up. Um, but having built him, he's yeah, he's actually a really nice model. Like When, when the Stormcast got there sort of like second release back in second edition he was kind of one of those releases that i kind of just passed me by and never really paid attention to it 
and yeah building it is it's an absolute lovely model to build i just have no idea how i want to paint him ah well you're gonna paint him in the same scheme that the rest of your stormcast will be because i know you've got quite a bit of stormcast to do yeah he, he will be painted up in the same scheme as the rest of the stormcast i just need to decide what the rest of the stormcast are going to be fair enough fair enough uh what about you jay um, yeah, so I uh, went in and I um, pulled out uh, an IDNF Tide. Um, is it a Tide Caster, Tide Caller? Oh yeah. Who, uh, you know, I've been I've been looking at perhaps an IDNF Force next year. You know, to I'm thinking I've got the Luminef, the IDNF, I've got then the Silvernef, and potentially any Malarianels that come out, uh, uh, you know, in the future. Um, but I put that one back because the second one you were allowed to draw two C and choose which one you wanted. The second one I pulled out was uh, an Adeptus Sororitas, um, Adeptus Sororitas, sorry, Sister Dogmata, uh, who is like, I think she's like the chaplain-y type equivalent for the Sisters of Battle, isn't she? She is, she is, yeah. Um, so I've decided I'm going to keep this one. I'm going to paint her up in the uh, colour scheme that you're using, Dave, for your order, and then I'm going to gift her to you. But oh, I'm going to make sure she hasn't got a magazine and a bolt pistol, and I'm going to swap the <laughs> end of her base for, um, do you like the feather duster thing? I will name her. I will come up with a suitably heroic name for her. And then I expect her to, uh, to, to eventually become a saint in your, in your crusade. Okay. Sounds like, it sounds like a plan. Excellent. It uh, looks like we've been quite busy um, and we have got quite a busy podcast ahead. So we're going to take a pause and come back with all the latest news. So what do we have in this week's news, Matt? So we uh, we haven't really got a bumper pre-order this week because there isn't any. It's nearly Christmas. It's like, I think we're, what, a week away from Christmas? A week on yep. Saturday is Christmas Day. So, yeah, there's no pre-orders coming this Saturday because I don't think uh, the trolls will be out delivering on Christmas Day. Santa might be, though, so you might get some goodies that way. Uh, it gives our wallets a week to relax until we hit the new year and all the crazy good stuff that's going to be coming. Um, but we have got some news. So we got the news that three codexes are coming for Warhammer 40,000 in the first part of 2022. The Gene Stealer Cults, the Custodies and the Tau. And Games Workshop also showed off the new um, Dark Strider model. He looks pretty cool, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. He looks ace with tiny little drones. Yeah. You, yeah, um, cool. You've both got Tau armies. Have, we, have we, anyone tempted to pick up the new Tau book when it comes out? I um, I I am tempted to pick up the Tau book. I love the Tau. Love the idea of Tau. I've not used my Tau army for a long time now, and I was going to take it this week actually, Dave, to, to fight you. The problem mm. I have with the Tau army at the moment is the rules are all over the place. And I found the Tau code it's quite hard to read for anyway because you've got your your marker light sort of things to keep track of. The, the drones have got the different rules, savior protocols and whatnot. And then I always got confused with Monkar and Kaoyan, is it Kaoyan, when to use them, when not to. I always forgot to use them, basically. And then in Psychic Awakening, they got quite a lot of um, new rules in Psychic Awakening. Um, you've got the custom sets, lots of um, prototype weaponry. And to me, it, it I just get a headache trying to figure out where my rules are and what to do. I'm really looking forward to all that stuff being um, consolidated into one book. Um, and um, I've got I've got those um, new Pathfinders to build as well. I really want to build those with the new weapon options, and I'll be picking up this guy um, Darkstrider when he comes out as well. Um, so yeah, I'm really interested to see what they do with Tau. I think they've um, it, 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 like a lot of the books that that are now 
coming round to being updated. They definitely need a revision for ninth edition, I think. So we, we talked about Jesus of course last week, didn't we? Where they're an old one where Swithers didn't really work very well in it. Tau probably a similar thing where, yeah, just a, a new edition revision to get them all kind of working as they should. Now, obviously, with these three books, we're talking well, no new models really. We've got a new model for the Jeans Through Court and the Custodians, and we've got the single new model for the Tau. That does suggest that whatever comes for Age of Sigma is probably going to be quite a meaty release for the big January kind of wave. So I am interested to see what that is. And we might see more on the uh, kind of Christmas reveals that they normally do. Yeah. Speaking of reveals, we've also had a bit of an advent calendar. Every day, uh, Warhammer Community has been sharing off something, and there's something all seems to be linked. So we have had lots of Eldar-looking things. We've had a couple of Chaos-looking things. We know there's been rumours of a Eldar versus Chaos Space Marines battle box as a precursor for the new Eldar and Chaos Space Marine codexes, and presumably quite meaty releases for both of those armies. Uh, I think it's safe to say I think that, that's what this advent calendar is. I know you're an Eldar fan, Jay. You've been uh, poring over these images as they've been coming in each day. Oh yeah, we've we've seen a lot. I think we've seen we've seen chainsaws, which could indicate new striking scorpions, new storm guardians, maybe some other new unit. We've seen what looks like rangers. We've seen missile launchers. We've seen fusion guns. We've seen jet bikes. I guess it looks a bit like jet bikes. Bike uh, exhaust, maybe. I think we've seen. Yeah, uh, the autark helm, Joe, with the, the winged helm type type thing. Um, I'm really excited. There seems to be. We've seen a lot. Whether it's a kill team box or a or a battle box, I, I don't know. Um, the the and and we have seen chaos. I think we've seen like a lightning claw, lightning talon thing. We've seen like a weird snappy mckendrite tendril thing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, 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 what, what do you reckon? I, I'm leaning more towards a battle box, like we saw with the um, Grey Knights versus Thousand Suns, for example. Yeah, but the, I... the only problem is there is is the bonds we've seen on the 40k side generally don't have a lot of new units in. They have two new units in, whereas here these old ones. You say that, but the Eldar versus Dark Eldar one was entirely new models. Eldar versus Dark Eldar? Yeah, with the Striking Scorpions and the Exarch and the... Um... Oh, with the Howling mean... Batches and the Incubi. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah everything yeah. in that box was new. So it's not That's true, yeah. So but Eldar got precedent then, really. Of, um, yeah, yeah. And, and um, obviously, our Bone Reapers, their entire range was in a battle box. Yeah, I remember it on the Age of Sigmar side. You tend to see it a bit more, I think. Yeah, like, like you know, a, a full range. But you're right, the Dark Eldar and, and Eldar ones, they did have four new kits in them. So, yeah, it's not outside the realms of possibility. And and, and uh, the, the Chaos Space Marines and, and Craftworld Eldar, well, they definitely need a, a new range of models, really. So it will be great to see them get a box with loads of new kits in. Yeah, and like you said, these are going to be both big releases. So battle box with some of the bits in have two big codex releases with a load of models. And you could always follow that with a kill team box with more yes. units. A nice way of making the release have more frames, essentially. So, yes. yeah. It's cool. And uh, it's, it's all of the same theme. So I think maybe on Christmas Day we might see a peak at this, which puts it out about uh, out by March, maybe. They gen- tend to show things out within the next three months. So, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. What's also pretty cool is uh, the video game Space Marine. And oh, yeah. uh, Warhammer Community showed off Space Marine 2. So it's been developed by Sabre Interactive. Now, the name didn't ring a bell. Having a look, they've done a lot of like the Halo remasters, the Crisis remasters. Uh, they did mm. World War Z Aftermath. They're doing the next-gen port of The Witcher 3. 
So, um, yeah, I think they've mostly to do remasters and stuff. I don't know what kind of new games they've done, but the trailer looks pretty cool, doesn't it? Yeah, the hopefully, they've, awesome. hopefully they've learned a lot from the remasters they've done um, to put out a really good game. But um, the first Space Marine was, yeah, it got a little bit repetitive, but, I mean, you felt like a Space Marine. Yeah, it was super good fun. And the, the one thing I'm super excited about Space Marine 2 is Tyranids are the bad guys as far as we can tell yeah yeah they are yeah. and that also suggests that like we see tyrannids in the near future but the gene stealer courts and quite a lot of gene stealer yeah. rules all over the place haven't we? you thought you'd rules. spotted a a a a, 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 a tyrannid new tyrannid model didn't you matt the other day on the, on oh, the james workshop video that's right. It might have just been a plant, but you know, <laughs> very uh, sneaky, aren't they? So yeah, it's it's cool. I, I, we don't know when it's out. It's probably a little while away, but I know a lot of people love Space Marines, so I think people will be very excited to play this one. Don't believe we've seen any kind of like gameplay footage, just like a cinematic. Yeah, uh, I think there's a little bit, a few kind of like representative shots. Um, but yeah, it looks cool. Big stompy Space Marine, uh, jump pack on. Is he a captain now or? A, Lieutenant, I'm not he's a sure lieutenant. He's got the red um, thing across his uh, helmet. So, yeah, seems to be a lieutenant. So, yeah, so, um, yeah, it looks pretty cool. I, uh, I'm looking forward to trying that one out. We also, as Jay alluded to earlier in the show, uh, had a Black Library preview. Now, sadly, I was stuck in shopping hell in town on the busiest weekend of the year. However, Jay, you were, you were watching this live, and I think the the thing that you are most excited about was some new Forge World models coming out for Black Library Celebration 2022. Yeah, they opened up with this um, straight away. It was really, really cool to see. So, yeah, we're getting um, two new um, Horus Heresy characters. Uh, 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 the Imperial Fist, Fafnir Rahn, who is, he's like, I've only recently started reading about this guy because I've been reading a lot of Imperial Fist sort of heresy stories, mainly around Sigismund recently. But Fafnir Rahn is, is, is quite a close friend of Sigismund, and I think he's actually in... Um, I don't want to spoil too many of the Horus Heresy books, but they're fighting alongside each other a lot in the recent Horus Heresy books as well. Um, and even in the early, I listened to a short story Templar the other day, and it had Fafnir around in with his two axes and his big board and shield. Um, he's a really, really cool model. Out of the two models, from a sort of aesthetics point of view, I think he's my favourite. He's quite yeah, beefy. He's got kind of mm. vicious kind of space wolf vibe to him. With those yeah, he has, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's got like a sword on the back of his shield, and like, I, I just think it's a really, really cool model. Um, and it definitely he's got is. More weapons than he's got hands. That's always a good thing. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, and I, I mean, we we've only seen pictures of him, but I think he definitely does look um a bit bigger than than you know, firstborn marines. There's definitely a scale increase there, I think, with him. Um, and then the, the second model is just oh wow, I'm so it's your man, so it's your boy, your boy yeah. Oh, Zephon the Blood Angel from uh, so we first introduced this character in uh, Aaron Dembski Belden's Master of Mankind and I mean he's my favourite Blood Angel from the Horus Hosey series bar Sanguinous of course um, and what I mean he is a fantastic model as well so he's like launching forward um, uh, with, with his jump pack um, he's got his two pistols um, sheathed on, on, on his um, side there he's got his um, it's not even a chainsaw it's like a big sang, sang, sanguine blade or sanguine blade or encarmine blade um, but it's really cool. I like about him. He's, he's got all these um, sort of um, artificer, uh, sort of bionic limbs and things, uh, with all mm. the Blood Angel gems and stuff encrusted on it, and a choice of helms by Lockwood. And these models are plastic. And I believe I was watching the, the show. They um, 
They did say that these models will be out in February. I'm pretty sure I heard Adam yeah, Trump so, say. So, so Black Library Celebration 22, uh, well, the celebrations every every Feb. We had the obviously the Custody Sister box last year. I imagine we'll get the same here of the Heroes of the Heresy or something. I don't know. Um, yeah, interesting that the plastic. I mean, they look really cool for plastic models as well. Yeah, they do, especially that Imperial Fist, like you say. Yeah, he he's great. So I mean, and and these are the two legions I'm I'm painting currently for the for the. Um, Horus Heresy. So next year, if we finally get that Horus Heresy box set, these two models will definitely go in in, in those armies. Well, um, I, wonder, I do wonder, Jay, I do wonder if Black Library Celebration, obviously they'll have a big preview show in Feb. We saw, we haven't got the title, have we, of the next Siege of Terror book, but we did see some cover art, which, uh, again, oh, yeah. <laughs> interests you, is on the front cover as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, I won't go over. You can go over to our website and, and read up about you know all the different things that were previewed during that show. You can obviously go to Warhammer Community. You can watch back the show again. And actually, for this one, if you missed it, I would recommend you go and watch it because they had lots of really, really interesting interviews with um, with the um, authors and even some artists from Black Library. And of course, the, the the artwork that Matt was just talking about there, which is like Sanguinius. I can only assume before the gates of um, the the Eternity Gate on his own against Sons of Horus, World Eaters, looking quite um, worn out, to be fair, but still standing. Um, the cover art for the next book, I, I, we have a feeling it's going to be focused around Sanguinius and his battle outside the Eternity Gate with Cabanda the Bloodthirster. You know, we, <laughs> if that's how it goes, we don't know. They may change the story slightly. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I would recommend going watch those interviews. It was really, really interesting. To, to, to um, They were really, really sort of insightful interviews, I felt. Um, there were lots of different books and things and um, some re-releases. What I found quite um, cool was there's so much sort of like limited edition or special edition versions of books coming out. Um, really nice limited editions as well. Yeah, there were. I mean, a standout one was the um, the the Araman one, um, which which came in like a little sort of package that folded out with lots of dials and coins and the cover was really, really cool. Um, really, really nice sort of limitation, and and that wasn't the only one. That there were there were other ones in there as well. Um, and then the other book that I will definitely be picking up. There was a Sister of the Battle book in there, Dave. Um, Triumph mm. of Saint Catherine, another limited edition sort of cover for that one as well. Um, but there's a Sigismund book, so this is like an origin story for Sigismund. So I've I've been reading a lot over the last three, four, five months. I've been reading a lot about Sigismund and different short stories and stuff. I'm really, really interested to read this one. So this is his origins on terror, how he was inducted into the Imperial Guards and and um, uh, into the Imperial Guard, into the Imperial Fists, uh, and, the, and his journey through the siege and the Great Crusade. Um, so, so it was a great show, really, really cool show, I thought. Yeah, I, I wonder if we do get another another preview show in Feb when they do celebration. Obviously, they announce the the, the title and the release date of the, um, the the Siege Terror book. I wonder if we get a tiny little teaser then of the Heresy box, and then in the summer is probably when the final Heresy box is going to come out and maybe drop the heresy box at the same time and tie it into the final heresy book coming out. Yeah, possibly. Mm, that would be cool. That'd be very cool. Yeah, so so yeah, so not 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 too quiet for a week on news, Dave. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Yeah, some of those special editions look look awesome, Jay. I need to find a sister's book actually. I don't have one. Um so I have to see um which is the best one to start me off. Uh, and maybe pick that up to read over Christmas. Right. Andy is about to take centre stage. We've got a big segment coming up next. It's the Magikin and Nurgle. So uh, keep listening. So, Andy, you have got the latest battle tome. 
Rage of Sigmar, the Mankin of Nurgle. Um, do you want to take us through the highlights of this tome? Sure. So just like Spider-Man, I'm going to swing into this review. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so Maggotkin were one of the first battle tomes getting written for second edition, I think it was. And the battle tome now was about three years old, four years old almost, something along those lines. And it was getting like all battle tomes. It was, it was starting to show its age. This new book fixes all of the issues that the previous one had so the previous book so it's cured them of the nurgle disease yeah 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 <laughs> by, by, by giving it to everyone else <laughs> it, it's cured, cured them. um but you know the, the previous battle tone was um there, there was three things that were big in the battle tone the speed of the book um i think it was possible to get a unit of blight kings at a movement for charging an enemy unit 24 inches away and that's like on an average charge roll that's all gone now this new maggotkin book is very slow it's not too slow to the point where it's like you know you're going to struggle to to play the game but it is significantly slower than it what it was um it's very resilient super resilient um disgustingly so. yeah disgustingly <laughs> resilient because um, now every Maggotkin of Nurgle model has a five plus ward save and heals a wound, which mm. is like, uh, and spoilers, every single model in this battle tome is multi wound models. So, nice. yeah, having a five plus ward save and stuff. Um, the actual, um, so yeah, so speed, resilience, and they were more of an attrition army but they didn't really feel like that like black kings used to have like three attacks with no rend now they have five attacks with rend so yeah they've got a bit more damage output they're, they're gonna grind you down they're not one of those armies that's they're, they're not angels basically they're not gonna charge into you and and just wipe you off the table but they are gonna sit there and they're gonna grind you down slowly so the the, the battle term itself you know, we've got a, a beautiful artwork cover which showcases the new Rockbringer Sorcerer. Um, we then jump in into the narrative, and um, I'm not going to spoil anything because the narrative is very interesting. Um, like, you know, just like the new Spider-Man film, it's very interesting. It's very cool. Uh, <laughs> do, we the, do we see some advancements within the, the battle tomb then? Because traditionally, they've kind of saved that for kind of supplement books. So we we don't really see any advancement in terms of the overall story for Age of Sigmar, but we do see what Nurgle have been up to since the Realmgate Wars. Okay. So um, where the Realmgate Wars left off, Gairon, um, Nurgle had basically secured a foothold in Gairon, which is a realm of life, and they were sort of um, basically slowly corrupting the realms. Well, Nurgle still wants to do that, but he wants to branch out into the the different realms and it's kind of a bit like a cycle in the sense that they were at their peak during the realm gate wars and it's basically come full circle and now they're, they're back um again the narrative stuff is is great like it's super awesome um but i'm not going to spoil anything um there's a painting guide in here um if you're new to nurgle it's great it's amazing it tells you how to paint clay bare flesh rusty metal um, and all things like guts and 
pus boils and you know all this disgusting Nurgle stuff it's all in here in the painting guides which is great great to see um jumping into the actual army so we we talked about the fact that they've got a five plus ward save across the whole army and the heal wounds um they've also got a trait called diseased and diseased weapons so at the end of a movement phase and the end of a combat phase if you're within three inches of a nurgle unit or sorry should i say a maggotkin of nurgle unit you place a disease token next to an enemy unit okay and at the start of the battle shot phase, you roll a dice and on a four plus they take a mortal wound. So it, it so again, the, this book has really lost a lot of mortal wound output. Um I think there's only one way <coughs> in the book to actually generate mortal wounds, and that's from the sloppity's bow piper, and that's only on a two wound roll of a six. But the right. disease the disease trait gives you the potential to slowly do mortal wounds over time. Um, any unmodified hit roll of a six for shooting or combat also adds a disease token to an enemy unit. So when you look at points and stuff, like five Blight Kings are 250 points, which at first glance, you kind of like, oh my God, that is a lot of points. But when you consider the, the 21 wounds with a five up save, and they do diseased tokens and they've got five attacks with rend all of a sudden you start to understand why they are 250 points um but uh, an, an enemy unit cannot have more than seven disease tokens on it at any one time and again this is one of those where it's it's going to do chip damage to you over the game rather than you know doing seven mortal wounds to you every hero phase or whatever it's going to do two or three here and there and i i think it's going to be very interesting to see what actually gets killed at the end of the game because of disease tokens um now units can heal these disease tokens off them um so whenever they would normally heal they basically they can remove that many disease tokens which is nice you know obviously it wouldn't be fair to your opponent to give them no way out you know it, otherwise you're just taking tons and tons of mortal wounds with no way of denying that so i, I like that fact that throwing back when, in there. when it when a unit heals say jay's um lariel heals does she still heal the wounds or she does she just remove the disease tokens um you get to choose but it's one or the other not both right that's good yeah, yeah. so then you've got you know do i heal two wounds or do I remove two disease tokens that potentially will do two more mortal wounds to me next turn? You know, there's a choice there. Um, I really like that. That's good. Yeah, like I said, I think at first glance, you don't look at it and think it's silly, it's overpowered, it's insane. But the book has definitely been built around these disease tokens. So there's a lot of spells, a lot of command traits, a lot of artifacts. That just throw extra disease tokens onto enemy units and then like i said the disease weapons six to hit do disease tokens as well you can all of a sudden really quickly ramp up those disease tokens on enemy units um there are some ways of buffing the the role um so the cycle of corruption is back um which used to be 
Um, they, they've completely, well, I say completely changed the table. There's one which heals D3 wounds to all no-go units. That was the same as what it was previously. But the rest of them are all, all do d- different stuff. Um, but the one that really helps out a lot is you add one to the disease rolls you make for that battle round. So then you're yeah. doing more wounds on three ups. Oh, yeah. So all of a sudden, yeah, you, you get seven disease tokens on an enemy unit, and it's very easy to do about five mortal wounds, um, which, again, because it's a battle round, that's five potentially five mortal wounds in my turn, and then potentially five mortal wounds in your turn as well. Mm. So all of a sudden, it really starts adding up. Um, there's a little bit in here about Legions of Chaos. Um, now, because of the the release of this, I I think this was meant to be released a fair while ago um, because the Legion of Chaos rule, which is basically all your coalition units, it doesn't say anything about coalition units not counting as battle line units. Right. And, and I know in the, um, the FAQB did... Um, back when Age Sigmar first came out, or maybe a month after, they changed it to say that coalition units don't count as battle line units. Hmm. So I, I think that will probably get FAQ'd at some point. Um, yeah. There's a little bit on there about summoning demons. Um, yeah, it's pretty much cha- uh, unchanged in terms of how it uh, works. Um, the Feculent Normal, there's a bit of controversy in terms of how it generates um contagion points which is what you use to summon um so it says um at the start of your hero phase for each feckling normal on the table you receive one extra contagion point so there's a bit of a controversy as to whether it's if you have three trees you get three contagion points or whether it's you you have three trees on the table so each one generates three points so again mm. i think that that's a big one that i think needs um and, and then FAQ. Um, uh, it, I, I would imagine it'd be one a piece, wouldn't it? That that's how I read it. Um but I can understand why people would think the opposite. Yeah. Mm. So I think it's one of those that needs a bit does need a bit of an FAQ. Um so yeah the, the allegiance abilities like I said they, they build on um the resilience of the army and they make the army a, a grindy army they make it like a war of attrition sort of army you, you're going to be stuck in combat for two or three turns grinding the enemy down the enemy are either going to kill you or you're going to kill them um i guess you've got a kind of a, a low model count but really hard to shift army which is really a different kind of thing for nurgle which in the previous book was lots of plague bears and really quick weren't they yeah yeah i there was um um yeah, there was there's several different builds in the previous edition, uh, previous battle time, I should say, with tons of plague bearers. Well, plague bearers now are like two wounds, but they're only 150 points. So you can still put in a lot of plague bearers, but they are they're not the damage dealers of the book. They are there to sit on an objective and survive, and that's about all they do. Whereas you look at Blight Kings, they, yeah, they have four wounds and a four plus save and a five plus, so they are resilient but they have five attacks with Rend, but then they're 250 points for five. So if you go down the mortal route, you're going to have a very small elite army. But if you go down the demon route, you're going to have a, a bigger army, but less damage output, I think. So it 
it's very interesting to see how how armies are going to uh, be built around them. You know, um, I, I like that though. It gives you it gives you some variety at the same book with different play styles, doesn't it? I mean, I Dave, you've played my Nurgle army lots, and it was pretty mm-hmm. much straight and clean one, max out big units of uh, plague bearers, and then you're supporting heroes with buffs and spells and stuff. I guess you can probably still do that, Andy, but you might want some more hard hitting units to actually take down enemy units. Yeah, yeah, I, I think with the demons, they require a lot of buffs to get that same damage output, and then it becomes how many points do you invest into uh, this one unit? You know, um, talking about different ways to play the armies, the plague legions and contagions, which kind of like your stormcast storm hosts, mm. um, each of them encourage different units. Um, so there's a uh, drowned men. Um, which uh, make Lord of Afflictions and Puskor Black Lords gives them a free eight-inch move before the game begins. So again, super good if you're picking those units. Um, again, there's another one in here that requires a bit of an FAQ. Um, so there's one that um, the Munificent Wanderers basically play very units count as two units for purposes of disease traits, but the way it's worded, it says it's if, if it's in range of any Nurgle units uh, it, it kind of implies that you can never give more than one disease token, but at the same time, it's kind of worded that it does. So, it, again, a little bit of an FAQ one, um, but again, encourages you to take play bows. Uh, there's another one that encourages play drones. Um, and then the, the big one is the Filth Bringers, which is a brand new one, which encourage, well, I say encourages, uh, I like using that word now, um, gives you. <laughs> the ability to take three Rockbringer Sorcerers as one leader choice, which is called a Rock Coven. And basically, the you pick one wizard from that Rock Coven, and for each other wizard that is within three inches, it gets um, an additional plus one to cast, up to a maximum of plus three. Now, some of the spells in here are cast on, like, sevens and sixes and stuff like that. So being able to cast them on fours and threes and stuff again is is super useful mm. um i i don't know could looking at the spell law the spell laws are all um about giving out disease points that range um debuffing enemy heroes but there's one which is really cool which is um it's called rancid visitations you pick an enemy unit within seven inches and for every model within seven inches you roll a dice on a two plus they take a mortal wound so, you know, it's not out of realm of possibility. If you've got 10 models within seven inches, you roll 10 two pluses, you could potentially just wipe out the enemy unit. Wow. So I think, it, it, again, but that spell you probably want on a combat wizard rather than on a wizard with like a five up save, you know, that sort of stuff. So, again, the artifacts and spell laws and all that sort of stuff, they're all good, but they, I think some of them are better on certain characters than others um but again my my honest opinion not a single well i say not a single bad one there's one in there could be eye of nurgle which is so bad it's unbelievable that's literally the only thing bad about this book um path to glory obviously we're big fans of path to glory um and the nurgle path to glory it's so Nurgle. It, it basically it revolves around you corrupting territory. Um, so you've got uh, rules for blighted landscapes. So if you roll 
a 61 to 66 on the exploration roll, you can actually pick some Nurgle um, territory to replace it, um, which is great. And your opponent, um, if they take a territory off you or if they beat you sort of thing, they can try and revert one of your corrupted territories into normal territory. Um, yeah. And there's there's a couple of quests in the Path to Glory section where you can um, corrupt a territory. Um, if you do this quest um, and you don't roll that 61 to 66 on the exploration roll, but you need a certain amount of corruption or you need a certain amount of quest points before you can do that scenario, um, which is great, which is really cool to see. Um, they've got their own unique veteran abilities. Um, they're fine. They, uh, again, they don't they don't do anything that is too overly over the top, which is great because obviously in a path to glory, it's about the narrative, not about tabling your opponent sort of thing. So yeah. again, those are really cool. Um, and then, like I said, there's two um, unique battle plans, um, which are based around the two of the three quests. So once you take up that quest, if you get three quest points, you can unlock this battle plan to play it. And if you play it and you win, you can corrupt extra territory. If you lose, right. you reduce your quest points by one. So again, it, it it gives you something to aim for. But again, the, the Nurgle, Nurgle, get my words out, the Nurgle mm-hmm. are all about corrupting territory and stuff. So that's super cool. Um we got grand strategies and battle tactics. Um, they're probably on the same power level as the ones that have been coming out in White Dwarfs. Um, yeah. Like the grand strategies, I kind of look at them and think they're okay, but the ones in the core rulebook are so much easier to do that I kind of look at them and think, would I, would I not? Um, I mean, they definitely got um a hobby resolution written all over for him because i'd love to try and do um you get four grand strategies i'd love to try and do all four grand strategies at least once just to say that i've done them um Mm. but again looking at them i'm kind of a bit like "Mm, would i would i not and i think it's going to be interesting going forwards into the future when all of the battle terms have been updated whether or not they get rid of grand strategies in the core rule, but I don't think they will, because I think you need them in the core rules. Um, but it'd be interesting to see what they do, or maybe they make ones in the um, uh, battle terms worth more points or something like that, because they're harder. Who knows? But it's very interesting to see. Um, again, we've got um, a couple of battle tactics, and they're the same. Some are easy to do, some are really hard. Um, core battalions. So, the Thricefold Befoulement. Um, this is three great and clean ones, and you have to take three great and clean ones. And basically, it gives you an extra enhancement for your army. Now, three great and clean ones, each one of them is 495 points. So, basically, that battalion gives you 1,500 or close to 1,500 points of your 2,000 point list. So once you throw in three units of plague bearers, I think you've got about 65 points to play around with. So hmm. it, but it, but it's cool because I used to play um, Thricefold Befoulement 
in in the previous book with Rotagus and two great and clean ones. So the fact that I can still take them and get an extra enhancement and stuff like that is really cool because the core battalions, you wouldn't be able to fit in three great and clean ones and then a battalion that would give you an extra enhancement as well. Yeah. So I like the fact that we put that in there. And jumping into War Scrolls. Oh, my days. Um, I don't think there's a War Scroll in here that hasn't changed. <laughs> um, I think there's there's two that I think haven't changed since the Techless update, and that's the Spoilpot Scriven and the Beast of Nurgle. Although now that I think about it, I think the Beast of Nurgle slightly changed. Um, great and Clean Ones are super killy now. I say super killy. They're killier. Most of the weapons are damage three or damage four. Um, the host of Nurgling attacks starts off at 15 attacks. So, <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, so they can be generating a lot of disease points and stuff. And one of the um, artifacts um, gives you um, the ability to generate disease points on a five plus. So, again, you put that on the host of Nurgling attacks and all of a sudden you can really be ramping up those disease points. And again, with the cycle, you know, if you get to the um, the battle round where you get plus one to your disease rolls, all of a sudden those host of Nurgling attacks could be responsible for seven mortal wounds. <laughs> so, yeah, great and clean ones are super good. Um, again, Slothy Bowpiper and Spoilpot Scrivener, they're both super useful. But I think because there are only seven contagion points and you can rack up contagion points pretty quickly, I think you're probably only going to see them being summoned in rather than it. Yeah. Rather than in your list. Um, Epidemius has changed a bit. Um, so you roll a number of dice equal to how many great and clean ones, plague bearers, et cetera, et cetera, on the board. And for every five plus, you get the ability to re-roll a ward roll, casting roll, dispel or unbind. I, I don't know how much I like that. He, so he he's changed i don't know for the better or for the worse but yeah he's changed play bearers obviously got two wounds um they've tidied up the standard bearers and now if you're on a one for your battle shot you only get one model back um which i i kind of wondered whether or not they were gonna go away from that because they changed it with the pink horrors um so that the standard bearer gave you a fate point on a free up i think it was so I wondered if they were going to do that, but they've kept the, the summoning back a model, which is cool. Um, particular Slamuk still gives you a tree, which is great. Nurglings are still super cute and super awesome. And of course, they've got the five plus ward save, so that's really cool. Um, plague drones, plague drones. Oh, my days. So each plague drone has about eight attacks now, which are freeze and freeze. The only downside to them is they have no rend. So they're really reliant on those diseased points. Um, but the, the cool thing about them is they have um, a shooting attack called Death's Heads, which is the attack characteristic is equal to the number of models in the target unit to a maximum of seven. So if your opponent's got a unit of at least seven models, then this unit's shooting attacks is 21 shooting attacks. The only downside is it's only seven inches. So, you know, wow. it, it is a bit short range. Um, the Glockkin. So this is probably the biggest war scroll change. Um, so first off, 
He now has seven attacks, which are all threes to hit, twos to wound, minus two random, three damage. Ooh. And yeah, and, and he is a wizard still, so you can put flaming weapon on one of those we- um, weapons to make it damage four. Now, the, the only downside to the Glockkin is he is 700 points, but he has got 20 wounds, four up save, and a five up ward, so he is really resilient there. He's going to stick around and stuff. Um, the interesting thing about him, though, is he is the only model in this book with a command ability. Which, oh. yeah, which I, looking at the Stormcast and the War Clans, I know they've kind of gotten rid of a lot of War Scrolls, um, War Scrolls, command abilities. abilities. Yeah, and so this book really does follow that trend. Now, I wonder if that's because they want you spending command points on for generic command abilities. Do do the Magikin of Nurgle get a command ability for the whole army? Say, for example, the Iron Jaws. I've got Mighty Destroyers, which is just a general command ability for the Iron Jaws that I can use. No, so they, they don't get any generic command abilities. It's literally just for Glockkin's command ability, okay. um, which is uh, really cool. It's called Blight Krieg, and basically at the end of the opponent's movement phase it allows the glockkin and another unit to charge so all of a sudden you know you could have a unit in front of a glockkin your opponent moves forwards and then that unit in front of a glockkin charges and the glockkin charges you <laughs> that's good so yeah I, I think that's super useful again he has 700 points so he is almost half your army um but i i can't wait to use him um I really like the Glockkin model, and I've got to be honest, if I, you know, I've been tempted by Nurgle a few times, I, I'd be tempted to do, I, I don't know if it would work actually with the, how much their points have gone up, but the Glockkin, a great unclean one, and then with the rest of the points on Blight Kings, but I guess that's not going to get me many Blight Kings. Um, you could do it, it would be about 1,900 points, mm. um, but yeah, you, you could do it. Um. It'd be again. This is one of those like the 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 battle term. Definitely, you're going to have smaller armies on the table, and mm. it feels like that is kind of the direction they're taking Age of Sigmar in. Mm. Um, so that I mean that's great for me. You know, it's less models that have to build and paint, so that's great they, for me. example is there seventeen models. Seventeen models, yeah, for two thousand point yeah. army. Well, close to two thousand point army. I mean, you throw in an endless feld, and boom, you've got a two thousand point army, haven't you? So um, some underworld warbands have got more models than that. <laughs> <laughs> um, the maggot lord. So all got demon spew, blob rock spawn, and morbidix twice born. In the previous book, these were horrendous. Like the war scores were so bad. I. I think I painted up Orgot's Demon Spew be- kind of when Age Sigmar first came out and I was using him and he was, you know, he had like 12 wounds of a free up save. And at that time it was, you know, it was unheard of. It was amazing. They've all had a huge buff. So the, the mount attacks are basically the same on all of them. They start off on five attacks. They hit on threes, wound on twos, minus two rend and a free damage, a pop. And that's mm-hmm. the same even on Bloab, who's the only wizard. Um, but we all do a unique thing. Um, Orgots, who's kind of like the Chaos Lord dude, he can issue a command ability on a Nurgle, a mortal Nurgle unit each turn 
without a command point being spent. So again, you know, you take a big unit of putrid blightkings, you can all out defense them every single turn without it being a command point being spent. Um, Blood Rock Spawn is obviously still a wizard, so you know he's a wizard. And Morbidix Twicebawn has a special rule called Gigantic Nurgling Kin. At the end of a battleshot phase, heal half the wounds that have been allocated to this unit rounding up. So he is basically a tank, which is great, which is super cool. Um, Lord of Afflictions, um, basically the same as he was, but he allows you to deep strike, effectively deep strike, Puskal, Black Lords and Plague Drones. So that's really cool. Um, Gut Rot Spume, again, just the same thing. You can still bring on a mortal unit from the table edge. Um, the Harbinger of Decay basically has like a mini roar ability. Um, so at the start of combat phase, you pick an enemy room free and a free up. It cannot issue or receive commands of that phase, which is pretty big. Um, you know, if you want to shut down or like defense, you can do. And obviously, the, the issue with this book is going to be those high armor saves. You're really going to be relying on your disease rolls to do those mortal wounds to get through that high armor save. But if you can shut down all out defense, you know, again, it's super, super good. Um, and then the rest of the war scores are fairly similar to what they were. Like a Lord of Plagues basically buffs Putrid Blight Kings, gives him an extra attack. Uh, Rockbringer Sorcerer is basically just a wizard, but he has a special rule where any endless spell he summons counts as a Nurgle, a maggot kind of Nurgle model. So it can actually give out disease tokens and stuff to enemy units. Oh. So if you take the um, Shards to Valagar, I think it's called, they actually have a huge, huge range. But you can also be thrown out two disease tokens to enemy units as well. Um, so I, I think you're going to see a rock bring a sorcerer with an endless spell in, in most lists. Um, and then you've got Putrid Blight Kings, which, like I said, they're kind of like your hammer in the unit, in the army. They're, they're the ones that are going to be charging in and doing um, a, a decent amount of damage. Um, but again, the 250 points for five. So it's going to be, you know, how much work do they do for that investment uh, again i can't wait to get them on the table and play some games with them because i really want to see what uh, you know whether or not they're worth it or or well you know of or not or whatever um and that's basically the battle tome um again like i said the the army is it's going to be slow it's going to be resilient and it's going to be a war of attrition and for me personally I don't like games where half my army gets taken off in a turn. <laughs> and if you're playing against Magikin of Nurgle, I just don't see that happening. I mean, it can do. If you have an army of clan rats, then yeah, fine, fair enough. They're still going to go through you. Um, but I think this is the, how well written this battle term is. I'm so looking forward to the future of Age of Sigmar and what future battle terms do. Because the book itself is written with that perfect blend of narrative and rules. And I don't think the, the army is over the top. I think looking at like Facebook and Twitter and stuff like that, which is yeah, always a double-edged sword these days. Um, I think a lot of the pessimism coming around this battle tone 
is simply because there's a lot of other battle terms out there at the minute that are so powerful and makes these guys look worse than they actually are. And I think as we're going to see battle terms come out in, in Age Sigmar, this battle term is going to, is really going to come out into its own. And as someone who has been waiting almost four years now, I think it is, for this battle term, I am not disappointed and I cannot wait to get it on the table. Um, quick shout out, the Vanguard box now, um, which I think is available this weekend. Mm-hmm. gives you about 840 points if you build a Lord of Afflictions. So you throw in um, another unit of Plague Bearers, and all of a sudden you've got a 1,000-point uh, army just in that one box in a box of Plague Bearers. So, um, but yeah, the, the Battle Tome itself is super good. I think it's a lot better than people realise, and I've, it's going to be really interesting to see what people do with Magikin going forwards. Excellent stuff. Stop tempting me to buy armies, uh, Andy. What, what are you like? Um, yeah, sounds like a, a really, really good book. Um, and your review is, is excellent as well, uh, Andy, over on com. The link will be in the description as well, so you can read that at your leisure. Andy's really gone to town on that. Uh, and there is a video um, as well you can um, you can check out if you prefer to, to watch. Uh, and our thanks again to Games Workshop for sending us that copy of the Battle Tome for us to review. We're going to let Andy take a bit of a break, but when we come back, we're going to be discussing some really nice releases. So we'll be right back. And so we move on to this week's top three, which is, I mean, we say this on many weeks, but it's a really hard one this week. And to be honest, when I was going through doing mine, I probably missed a load of um, releases um there's going to be stuff that probably you guys are going to say and i'll be like that would have been in my top three but i am very happy with my top three so um yeah we'll, we'll see how it goes um so yeah it's all about releases from 2021 following on from last week's year in review episode who shall we pick to start with jay why don't you start us off with your top three okily dokily so, I mean, it was a good job that Matt did the sort of like year in review. Um, was it last podcast or podcast before? Yeah, yeah. Last week. yeah, because there's so much that's come out this year. So I've got way more than three top threes, if you know what I mean. But I will restrict yeah. myself to three. Um, my third choice has to be the Lumineth. It has to be Sephirith, the Wind Spirit. Really, really cool, unique looking model. Um, really enjoy painting this one up. Um, and I've only used him once, but you know we, we've just been talking about Nurgle and all the sort of demonic slimy evil looking things whereas Sephiroth is quite a bright fresh you know sort of almost like hero type character um uh, like a pure spirit type thing so I um yeah Sephiroth I think he was really really cool he was my number three my number two it was actually a Black Library book it was Mortis uh, from the Siege of Terror series um ah. so yeah th- this was this was really, really cool. So well, there were lots of cool scenes in this. I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't read it, but the, the Siege of Terror series just keeps getting better and better and better. Um, but, I mean, I think if you were a fan of Dark Angels, if you're a fan of um, Adeptus Titanicus, um, y- y- you'll, you'll love this uh, You'll love this book. And I, I, I get my um, books um, confused sometimes, but I believe this is a book that featured Fulgrim in briefly, Matt. And it did, yeah. I don't know who Oh no, that was Saturnine. It's Saturnine, yeah. Oh, oh, okay, that might be uh, 
maybe I'm getting that one confused then. Because Saturnine was the uh, the gambit, wasn't it, with uh, Abaddon and yeah. Mortis was still good. I'll keep Mortis as number two. I'm I'm looking forward to the next one really. I mean, Warhawk was 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 equally as good. Um, have you have you read Warhawk yet, Matt? I've I've not yet. No, no. Oh. I know you've just been talking about what you're doing for Horus Heresy next year, potentially. I have a feeling you might uh, flick back to White Scars after you've read that book. Um, <laughs> my number one choice is a recent model, and it was the Emperor's Champion for the Black Templars. Um, mm. I was really, really impressed with this model when we got the um, launch box. Um, I quickly built him, painted him up, uh, used the, the Black Armour tutorial from um, Warhammer Plus, Um and I think I said at the time that it's a really, really standout centerpiece model for the Black Templars Force, and I still think that now. I think it's one of my one of my favourite models that has been released this year. A really, really um, interesting take on you know bringing the uh, the old Emperor's classic Emperor's Champion model into sort of the Primaris range. Uh, very distinct looking from other um, Primaris miniatures and Primaris captains and lieutenants that we've seen previously. Um, and I've seen some really, really cool conversions of that model into other chapters as well. I, I think um, Nick Baton um, converted up a really cool Ultramarines um, champion based off of that model. Um, oh, all right. So, so yeah, I, I really, really like that model. Very, very cool. So they're my top three choices. I could have – there's tons of them. I mean, like, um, I'm looking at my desk now. Some of the Sister of Battle models that have come out this year, uh, some of the Horus Heresy series models we've seen this year, there's been so much. Yeah. It is a really, really tough top three this week. Um, Andy, can you uh, share your top three? Yeah, so my third choice is one that I've been using today, and that is Warhammer Plus. Um, so I, I think when it initially came out, it got a bit of a bad... Uh, it, it, it didn't make the best first impression because there wasn't a huge amount of stuff on there. But obviously, you know, a couple of months later, now the... the the stuff the amount of stuff that's on there and what is actually on there as well has has is you know it's huge well i say it's huge it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger as as time goes on i mean i was watching uh, an episode of hammer and bolter today where uh it's got a castellan um battle robot and a tech priest and they have to go in search of some technology again i'm not going to spoil any more i mean that's the general premise um but let's just say a lot of orcs get killed, um, and it's, it's pretty good. Um, and then there's obviously the the Eldar one where they did the craft world, and oh, again, yeah, yeah. It, and I think for me, it's getting to see these models, you know, how they would be and how Game Search wants to portray them and 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 make them, you know. B is that the right way of looking at it? Mm. And it's it's like um, when we were talking about Space Marine Two uh, earlier in the show. The, the thing that I love about that is that we get to see Tyranids as the big bad guys and how they fight, and we can get a feel of what it's like to fight them. And it's super cool to see other alien races mixed into um, the the shows and stuff. I mean, the Angels of Death getting to see Gene Steeler Colts and what they're like and you know, as the series goes on, you know, it's a bit of mystery as to to what's happening on the planet and everything that's going on. And then, you know, we, we quite quickly find out, you know, there is a Gene Steeler cult infestation and, and all that sort of stuff. And it, again, it's super cool to see. That. And we get to see like Space Marines getting killed and stuff like that. So we, we get to see Space Marines, but not 
not, not as godly as we imagine them to be. You know, they're still obviously a lot stronger than regular humans and stuff, but we're not invincible. And we get to see stuff like that through mm. Warhammer Plus. And then, you know, throwing on painting guides, you know, Louise is doing an absolute phenomenal job, as is the rest of the crew, you know, getting to see um, the Lawmaster shows with uh, Wade and stuff like that. Again, it's all like super cool. So that's, I could go on about that for ages. Uh, that's my third choice is Warhammer Plus. My second choice is Age of Sigmar 3.0, the new edition of Age of Sigmar, which I think, I mean, I've been playing Age of Sigmar since it first came out, and I think third edition is by far the best edition of the game for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, we got to see um, command points um, getting used a bit more tactically um you know we got to see all our defense um we get to see heroic actions and the big thing is we get to see a bit more interaction between the players you know doing stuff in your opponent's turn like um unleashing hell or redeploying and you know oh, redeploying i always get caught out by that one yeah or, or even rallying like i don't think i've actually used the rally command ability yet cause, you know but getting I've tried to- i've tried unsuccessfully yeah, yeah, but get, getting to see that interactivity increased, it's definitely something that I think is is missing from some of the games. I mean, like I, I really want to play some Middle Earth going into ne- next year. And one of the cool things about Middle Earth is, you know, it's kind of like a you go, I go sort of thing. And it feels like they're definitely taking a step towards that with the new edition of Age of Sigmar. And I think of the 10 games I've played of it this year, I've not, I, I've enjoyed all of it. Yeah, I've, I've, mm. I've enjoyed all of the games. Um, and there's definitely some games of second edition and first edition where I kind of felt a bit, you know, I, I'd sit here for two hours waiting for my opponents to do their turn sort of thing. But I feel like this edition, I'm not doing that as much, which is great, which is amazing. And then my first choice. So my first choice is something that I've been waiting for for years, years and years and years. And it's something that, is near and dear to my heart and that is the maggotkin of nurgle Battertome. we finally have it and boy oh boy when when i got the got the book and i was flicking through it i was yeah i i absolutely love nurgle and i love this battle tome and like i said i've been pouring over my miniature collection looking at different armies writing different armies going through different command traits all this sort of stuff and just you know I'm having a wailing of whale of a time with the battle time and I haven't even played a game with him yet. So um yeah, I think for me my, my first choice had to be Maggotkin of Nurgle. I mean the the only downside to the book is that now the book's out, I, I don't have to look forward to Maggotkin of Nurgle for another couple of years. Both a, a good thing and a curse, I suppose, as the yeah. edition cracks on uh, and we get some more battle tomes. Excellent. Uh, yeah, I liked your approach to that, Andy. Um, you definitely went for the release version. I definitely agree with all your points on Warhammer Plus as well. I, I haven't actually seen that um, Castell and Robot and Tech Priest episode yet. Um, I, can, I completely forgot to watch that, so I might try I'm and watch that tomorrow. I'm a few weeks behind, actually. There's a bit of stuff I need to catch up on. I've not finished watching Angels of Death yet, and yeah, I did see some screenshots of that Castell one. It does look very good. It does, yeah. Um, Matt, uh, how about yourself? What's your top three? So number three had to be something I was super, super excited for this year. Cursed City. Oh, yeah. So not only did it have um, some 
amazing looking models. It was also a really cool game. We're a big fan of um, Blackstone Fortress, you know, the other Warhammer Quest games. And uh, got to say, it's it, it's it's a bit of a double-edged sword this one because it was really cool, but it was sad to see it like just disappear off the shelves and then mm. fall into limbo. I think we were talking about it last week, so we won't go too much into yeah. this. But um, yeah, it's it's a shame really that we didn't get to see some continued support for it. I'd have liked to have seen some expansions and all that kind of stuff. And I'm sure there's reasons in the background as to why that hasn't happened. But, I mean, alone on the miniatures in the box, they really kind of got me in the mood for doing a Gravelord's army. And that's kind of one of the things about these kind of boxes, isn't it? It's kind of uh, driving up the, the excitement and the hype to to get you, you know, wanting to do the army, if that makes sense. Absolutely. So, yeah, so, uh, yeah, Curse City is my third choice. Had a whale of a time painting it up, uh, but played through some of the mission. I haven't finished it yet, so I need to carry on playing through that. My second choice is Bellacor. Absolutely amazing model, and I'm going to throw in a, a cheeky little .5 one here. The Broken Realm series as a whole mm. has been mm. some amazing lore. Uh, Bellacor and Marathi, I think, are the strongest two. Kragnos may are arguably the weakest one. Um, but yeah, really, really cool advancement. Uh, you know, we, it was good to see the, the lore progress. And I think they've picked up on that on 40k as well with the Warzone books they've been bringing out, doing that yeah. same kind of world building, which is really cool to see. You know, yeah. we, I don't think we've got the point where either universe is stagnant now. Every year there's going to be things happen that change kind of the lay of things. And that keeps it fresh from a law point of view as well. I think there was a period where 40k, for example, was at a minute to midnight for a long time and nothing was changing. Uh, arguably the old world kind of did big things with that to the point where it you know, destroyed the system with the end of the world. We get yeah. to see that kind of stuff without it being as you know impactful as that. But it still gets the, the, the you know, the cool events and, and things that we'd like to see. So, yeah, definitely up for seeing more kind of that stuff in the future. And Bellacor's model was amazing. And again, had a whale of a time painting him up. My number one choice, though, had to be Dominion. I think that's probably been the biggest release this year. Um, just like with Indomitus, from a, from a value point of view, the fact that you got, you essentially got two 1,000 point armies and the hardback rulebook for what was it, 125 quid? Yeah. A lot less from third parties. That is a crazy good deal. That is literally, buy this box and you can play a game of Warhammer. Which you don't <laughs> always see on some of these like battle boxes and stuff. You know, full armies. It's like, I know like the GNC, the court out of um, Shadow Throne isn't a massive force. But you compare that to the, the, the Stormcast army that you got in Dominion. And it works really well as an army as well. I am so glad that games were doing this kind of launch box approach and then follow it up with a smaller kind of like standard, um, you know, starter set. I personally would rather see that as a standard kind of line item. I get why they've split it down to the starter sets for after the initial hype, though, because it is really kind of the hardcore fans that buy the launch box, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cool. Yeah, I, I was um, tempted to add Dominion to my top three, but I decided to actually concentrate on on models instead. 
Um, so for my third choice, this is a model that when it came out, I was like, eh, yeah, she looks she looks really cool. But now that I've got like the, the codex, I'm looking at her a bit more closely. She's actually very quickly moved up so much, though, that she's my third choice. And that's Morven Val from the uh, Adeptus Sororitas. Um, she's in front of me here, Dave. She, she's, she was on my list as well, pondering. She's fantastic. You're right. Yeah, she, she'll be picked up at some point as the crusade grows um, and my crusade, my army will get the attention of her and she'll have to come along for a couple of battles. So, yeah, yeah well, an absolutely the, fantastic model. Law wise, I believe she was obviously appointed by Gilliman and traditionally that sort of level of um, she was appointed, I think, to the, uh, the, the High Lords of Terror, wasn't she? Mm. Um, but she is more of a lead from the front kind of personality. Mm. Um so yeah, that, that, it would fit to have her in your crusades, I think. Yeah, definitely. Uh, my second choice, we're going to move to Age of Sigma. I haven't yet picked this model up. Um, I'm undecided what to do with Age of Sigma in the new year. But if I decide to go um, and build up a, a full two thousand points worth of um, Cruel Boys, this will be definitely high on the purchasing list. And that's Gobsprack, um, an amazing model on that massive vulture. Um, the Lord of Change style staff that he's got, very cool, very very cool model. Um, a great standout mini for the for the new Cruel Boys range. I think all the Cruel Boys monsters. I mean the the um, the one on the 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 Trogoth, that nearly made my list. That, that's such a, such a cool model. Um, model as well. push Pushfit, yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the whole range is great. But yeah, Gobsprack was as soon as I saw that model, I was like, oh my god. So him like going up the battle along with a more crusher. I mean that's it's every Oryx dream, I think. Um and to finish off my top three, again we're dipping into um Age of Sigma. Um, the book might be a bit, been a bit of a letdown for you, Matt, but the model sure wasn't. It's Kragnos. Um he is superb. I mean everything about him, the base, the model is pose. Um, he's just fantastic, and I've loved every time I've I've put him on the battlefield. Um, yeah, he's he's amazing, um, and it's great to have a new kind of god of something arrive in Age of Sigma. He, he, he finally gives us destruction players like somebody big to lead our armies against, like you know the likes of Belakor and Archeon and uh, Alariel and all those sort of characters. So. Um, so yeah, he was he was my top choice. Old really cool. And on on the book, I wasn't disappointed by the book. It was just the, the weakest out of the four. It's still a decent it, story. And we saw stuff like the 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 dragons reintroduced mm. to Age of Sigmar and some big kind of lore events in there. The, um, the standard the standard was set high, wasn't it, Matt? And that's that kind of yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> but it wasn't disappointing though. It was it's still a good book. It just isn't as strong as the other ones. Uh, and mm. I need to build and paint up Kragnos as well because it's a gorgeous model. Yeah, same. It, it, uh, currently, as I'm speaking now, I've got the um, Element Games website up on my computer with Kragnos and then hovering <laughs> over that add to cart button <laughs> because he very nearly made my list as well, Dave. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a very, very cool model. Now, there are so many other models and releases that came out this year. I wonder if we'll see any of them on our community top three. We'll find out because that's coming up next. It is time for this week's community top three. And we're going to start over on Facebook with Paul. He's gone for Curse City and the Crimson Court. Uh, the Crab, 
the commandos from Kill Team, so many great models this year. His favourites to paint were probably Jelson, Amelda, and Galerio from Kill City. Apologies, I probably butchered those names. So he's, he's picked quite a few there, but some great choices, uh, especially that crab. Dan Topping says, it's a great year for minis. I mean, the Octarius Kill Team box alone could cover the top three with the Krieg, Commandos, and Orc Terrain, but that would be doing a disservice to Bellacor, Kragnos, Indrasta, the Kill Rig, and the Potgrot. And then I've got to add, his final bit of the comment is all in capitals. There's too many. I can't I can't do it. You decide. Sorry, Dan. That, we're, not, we're not deciding for you. But you've made some great choices there. Uh, Sean Gleason finishes, finishes off on Facebook with the Warmaster Titan. It's an impressive kit. The second edition wave of Lumineth and Age of Sigmar 3.0. What do we have over on Twitter, Matt? So the Rising Ape says, Cursed City. Missed the other quest games. Gutted it's not getting support. Number two, Dominion. Always love a new edition. And then Dragons. Could there be any other choice? Cantor Blue says, Dominion got them into AOS and started their Stormcast army. Orc Commandos. Lovely kit with some serious character. And the re-release of the Horus Heresy dice for their Iron Warriors and Empress Children successors. Nice. Uh, those dice are really nice. I don't know if you guys have picked up any of the heresy dice, but they're really nice. Haven't they? Oh, yeah, I've, no. had, I've had Blood Angels, Ultramarines, and Imperial Fist dice in my hands multiple times, and yeah, <laughs> I haven't bought them. I will next year, I will. Uh, Average Paints says the Black Templars release, Curse City, and Dragons. Daz Moore says AOS 3.0 rulebook and General's Handbook 2021 for a combined number one. Got to say, General's Handbook 2021 is such a good product, just from the design and hard. Yeah, it's so cool. Uh, Treebeard is number two. And uh, Curse City at number three. Yeah, that tree beard came out this year. That was a really oh, cool yeah. one as well. Yeah. Um, Pete Allison, Curse City, the Soul Blight Gravelords Battle Tome, and Eldar for Aeronautica. You've not painted any of these yet, Jane. That really surprises me. It surprises me as well because those. Um, I might have to um, quickly send a quick note to Santa. I mean, Amy. I mean, Santa for. Um, the aeronautical <laughs> box because uh, the Nightwing, the Eldar Nightwing, is my favourite Eldar flyer as well. I've always liked the Eldar Nightwing. You get like three of them in the box, don't you? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Chris says, Curse City, Necromunda House of Faith, and the Stormcast from Dominion. So, yeah, lots of love for the releases this year. Yeah, lots and lots to choose from. Thank you to everybody who um, gave us their top threes. Um, what is next week's top three, Matt? Well, next week's a little bit different than this week, Dave. We're having a little bit of a, a break between in the regularly scheduled shows. So our next proper show will be in the first week of January. But we have got a bit of a special thing happening. It is Christmas. We're doing the big fat quiz of the year. So an episode will go out. There'll be a quiz show slash Christmas party. It'll be a hoot. <laughs> oh, if you yeah. Want to start thinking about the top threes, though, for January. Well, January is where we traditionally talk about our hobby resolutions, what we <laughs> want to accomplish in 2022, and then fail later on in the year <laughs> when we do the end of year show. So, yeah. I want to know your top three hobby resolutions that you want to try and do in 2022. Excellent. Um, so you want to probably hang on to those top threes for now. Um, we'll send a tweet and Facebook message out in the new year for you to um, submit them. If you submit them now, we might miss them uh, when we come to do that show. Um, so we'll, we'll give you a shout on social media. Just keep your eyes open. Uh, but next week sounds interesting, Matt. Yeah, looking forward to that. Signing off the year uh, with a quiz. That's always good fun. Just got to beat Jay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I need to dig out my trophy and start swatting up as well. 
<laughs> we got we got another contender this time though, Dave. Oh, I know, I know yeah. the new the new the new guy. Of course. Yeah. yeah, I'm not going to make it easy for you guys. <laughs> you you, yeah, you, you can't lose twice, Dave. Especially on the screws round. I think Andy will that one. You don't know me. You don't know me, Matt. I can I can lose anything. Um, but we'll we'll see. We'll see. I'll try and swap up in the next seven days. Um, our thanks to everybody for listening to this week's show. If you do want to get in touch with us, please do so on social media. Make sure you check out Andy's Maggotkin review on spruceandbruce.com. Again, the links will be in there description so you can check that out we do have one more podcast for this year that is going to be out next week so until then we'll speak to you all again very soon bye 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 thanks for listening to the spruce and bruise podcast for more content remember to check out spruceandbruise.com and if you'd like to get in touch with us send us a tweet at spruceandbruise or head over to facebook.com forward slash sprues and brews. <laughs>